For those working for the end of the workday, you did it. You might be there. Yeah. You might be there. Taco Tommy. Tuesday. Yeah. Margaritas. I think the best. Quit. Mar- Quit. I'm on fast day. <laughs> you're Sorry. on what? You're on your your fast day. Yeah. Are you fasting? I am. What are your hours that you're allowed to eat? Uh, no, actually, it's just the limit of the calories I'm intaking today. Hmm. See, I'm also dieting, mm-hmm. and I've had very little to eat. Um, it's not fun. No, because I love to eat. Um, and I am really like craving anything that's unhealthy. I mean, you you shout it out. I'm down. Let's go. You want a double cosmic brownie right now, sure. man? Throw some ice cream on top of it. We got a party. Ah, now we're talking. But it is the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Sage Williams. I mean, I have to look good in a swimsuit on Saturday. So, <laughs> Doing a little swimming on Saturday? Uh, family event taking place on Saturday where we'll be out at uh, Lake Sherwood over in Topeka. Okay. And so, uh, so yeah. Hope to wor- do some swimming. Don't worry. I'm not in swimsuit no, shape I'm way, either. I'm way from it. So, yeah. <laughs> Wanted to go on a run last night. Left my running shoes at Lindsay's house. Sure got well, can't go. Bye. Trying to arrange because this is a busy week. This is a busy week. Next week is a busy week. So it's kind of hard to get over to Wamigo this week. But um, I was hoping she'd drop him off. But she's been busy too. So I totally understand it. But mm-hmm. did go for a walk last night. That's good, right? Hint, That's hint. The right things. Can we get the shoes over there? Or what? You know, like oh, she's so busy. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, she, she's you're, busy. You're always commenting off the air oh boy. about how she always exaggerates. Here and comes makes that a bus bigger, again. Yeah. Lindsay, so that's untrue. When you're always like, oh, Lindsay, man, she always talks about stuff <laughs> like she's super busy <laughs> and like she's not. I know that she's just kind of laying around on the couch, you know, and you're like, oh. But, but what, what about the things you say about Sarah off the air? <clears throat> hey, I mean, guys, do we even get into that? Hey, Sage, go ahead and get us out when we got to get out. Uh, the the uh, more you know or uh, <laughs> ask us anything, what's your social security number? <laughs> Let's get out of here, guys. Oh, boy. Trying to lose weight just sucks. Yeah, yes, it not, that's yeah. Why it's I terrible. Try. Why? I, I know Tyler Lockett had the question on Twitter the other day. Why is the healthy food so expensive and the crappy food is so cheap well i mean mass production baby well you know shelf life (laughs) there's a much shorter shelf life for the healthy food because it's you know fruits and vegetables and you gotta watch out for some of those fruits though they'll give you cavities i learned that from a dentist i was like Mm -hmm. all the the cavities i've had I've, i've had two in my adult life and it's because of i eat a lot of fruit I'm like, oh, what? way to ruin the yeah. one healthy food I love. Uh, absolutely. That's weird, man. Like, what is good for you anymore? Nothing? What else are you going to tell me? Beer makes me fat? Well, and then you're yeah. like, no! <sighs> I mm. swear I drink the 90-calorie can of beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here an hour to the game. Coming up here in just a few moments, we'll speak with the new pitching coach of K-State. That is Rudy Darrow, who uh, just took the job last week. But uh, coming up tomorrow, tomorrow is a very busy day for me and for Troy and those in the Big 12 media. We're not going down to Big 12 media day. I can make it down this year, maybe next year. But um, this is a pretty big year mm-hmm. for Big 12 media day. I actually went back and listened to Bob Bowlesby's comments to open up last year 
because I was interested to hear what he had to say about <laughs> conference realignment because of Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, boy. I had completely forgotten that there was no mention yeah. of conference realignment yeah. last year because those talks about Texas and Oklahoma leaving, that was not until weeks later. The infamous, oh, I sleep well at night comment from Bowlesby. As a matter of fact, he made a comment at one point that somebody owes him now five bucks because nobody brought up conference realignment. Oh. And I was like, well, way to jinx everything, Robert. Jeez. Robbie, Bobby. Now, to what we expect tomorrow, first of all, if you do want to hear the new commish speak, both Bob Bowlesby and the new commish, Brett Yormark, are going to speak at 8.30. 8.30 in the morning, they're going to have it on ESPNU, ESPN Plus, and I do believe Big12Sports.com forward slash media days will also have a live stream. That's probably where I'm going to watch it because I, I don't know if uh, – I'm sure like the, the – the commissioner stuff, like ESPNU will probably play that uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. But they're also going to be doing their own interviews throughout the day. Right. Like the the coach uh, press conferences, you might not get all 20 minutes of all of those. Now, what I do expect from Big 12 Media Day is a lot of boring, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's not the most exciting event. It, it, it is like for like if I were to go down there, it would be a great opportunity for me to talk to other coaches in yeah. the conference, other players in the conference. All season long, we're going to be talking to Chris Kleiman, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, Daniel Green, and Eli Huggins. Mm-hmm. They will be the four representatives for K-State along with Coach Kleiman down there in Arlington, Texas at uh, AT&T Stadium. But... I mean, I wouldn't want to talk to the K-State people. And you know what's going to be said tomorrow. It's the same questions to all the coaches. I'm sure something maybe about conference realignment, but also, you know, thoughts on your team this year. There's going to be a lot of optimism. Everybody's going to feel good about what they have coming back and who they picked up in the transfer portal, the recruiting class. It's going to be a lot of that. In many ways, media days are an anachronism from when – you really only had that shot to spend a lot of time getting preview material for teams. The media uh, landscape has changed that quite a bit, and so it is almost in many ways Tuesday interview day at the Super Bowl. It's pretty generic. It's pretty basic. There's not a lot there that's discussed that is of great importance. I, I mean, other than you know, other than your Mark's comments tomorrow. He is in the spotlight. Tomorrow, 8.30, is the most important part of media days, the next two days, Wednesday and Thursday, because it is going to be the opening remarks for Brett Yormark as taking over the position. It's going to be kind of like the passing of the torch between Bob Bowlesby and Brett Yormark. Heck, Bob might even whisper in his ear and go, on your mark, get set, go. You get it on your right. mark. Yeah, get mm-hmm. set, go. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the first to make that joke. But I, I think it's pretty okay. good. Okay, I just I'm really happy right now. You're not going because <laughs> I don't want you to go out there and go, hey, uh, one, two, three, four, on your mark, right, boys? Oh no, no. I get a few. I would get a couple laughs. I think you would. Yeah, some solid chuckles. Security shows up by his side very quickly, <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, he did intern at Howard Stern," and they're like, "Oh no, Baba Booey's here." Get him out. Well, and then your Mark, who lived in New York for a long time, is going to want to ask me every question about my experience. Uh And uh, Uh what's Howard like in person? Is he nice? Uh Is it it naked women all over the place? Those kind of things I've been asked many times. (laughs) Um, No, that's only on Wednesdays. (laughs) Yeah. 
Here's the deal. If you want a lot of news tomorrow about conference realignment, you're probably not going to get much. No. No, there's not. The Big 12 is going to be the first to have their media days before everybody else. And, I mean, everything, of course, is taking place behind closed doors. It's been pretty hush-hush when it comes to official comments by conferences. Of course, you know, the Pac-12 has already said they feel that they're going to stay put with what they have right now and just try to move on from there. We've heard the talks about the alliance, the alliance within the alliances, I'm calling it, between the Pac-12 and the ACC. Maybe they could work something out that would make the deal for the Pac-12 more lucrative. Um, other than that, like, we might get some keywords. But even I'd be shocked to hear those kind of things. Yeah. Like, it could easily be your mark just saying, listen, where we're at with conference realignment right now, like, oh, yes, there are discussions going on. We're keeping everything, every possibility open, things like that. We might not get much more out of that. Now, will we get a word like aggressive? Like, that's a word I would love to hear. There's been already reports that Brett Yormark has been very active in discussions with conference realignment. The word aggressive has been brought up. I'm sure a word like patient will be brought up as well. We all got to be patient right now. Right. Because, you know, us that, you know, it feels like we barely know anything right now. It's just kind of the game we all have to play because we don't know what's coming. No. So we're just kind of hoping not everybody can do it, but I'm for one that can play the patient game and just be like, hey, I'm going to let the news come to me. But your mark's probably not going to tell us a whole lot. I'm sure the um, along with conference realignment, it's also going to be brought about the new TV deal. He may see a few things about that. I don't know. I think what we will expect to hear a lot about is the four teams coming in. Yeah. And that's Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF. And maybe some ideas on where to move on from the Big 12. We'll hear from Chris Kleiman in his press conference. That'll take place from 12.05 to 12.25. So each head coach, which there'll be five tomorrow and five on Thursday, will all get their time to share their thoughts about their teams. And, heck, sometimes those – those press conferences don't even take the full 20 minutes. Dude. It's about the breakout sessions. That's where you get the good stuff usually. The one-on-one stuff with the coaches. That's what I will miss about being down there for Big 12 media days. That interaction with the coaches and players, that can be really fun. And I'm sure you know when the team gets down there, they're going to be ready to get out of there ASAP. Also, the the uh, the wardrobe. The wardrobe is also kind of big for Big 12 media days. For day. sure. The, uh, the boys dressed to the nines. But I know everybody wants to learn about conference realignment. We're all waiting to hear what Brett Yormark has to say. I just don't think we're going to learn a whole lot. No. You don't. You can't just go out there and just lay out the playbook. I mean, that's just not the way these things work. Plus, if there's anything in the works, the other half of that, you know, that those talks of what are going down. It, it, I don't even know the best way to describe those talks because I don't know in which direction they're going. But if there is other half of those current discussions, they don't want things getting out either. Nah. You know, they don't want to be exposed in any way, no. in any way that could hurt them. So, yeah, I, I, I am very still very interested to hear what he has to say. It's going to be the first public comment uh, when it comes to the passing of the torch from Bob Bowlesby, who will speak. He'll have some things to say. And then Brett Yormark will take his time as well. We could get some surprises, but again, not expecting a whole lot of new information None. to be dropped. No. It's not going to be the Big 12 in this, where we are currently at, very unlikely it's the Big 12 to drop any major 
breaking news like that. Plus, I mean, to me, Big 12 Media Days isn't exactly, I don't know if that's a place you really want to do it, where the media is waiting just to ask you so many questions and you drop the news. Maybe just uh, the news drops and then later down the road you can talk about it. Sure. Or just, you know, give uh, whoever puts the release out there, just give some comments there and let it go because you don't want to be under the gun like that. Answering those heated questions with any information. Not much is going to be said, if anything, at all. No. And they, I think they keep it that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, this is boilerplate kind of stuff. I always feel for, like, Deuce Vaughn. Like, how Deuce Vaughn is going to roll in there and be praised. There's going to be a lot of media not associated with K-State that are going to want to talk to him. And they're also going to go, well, Deuce, you're, you know, you're so short. How do you see over those big old guys? I'm sure he gets like, that every year. Dude, as, how as the I hell? said. Tuesday Super Bowl media day. Right. It's like, dude, <laughs> well, you came all the way down here for that? Come on. It's terrible. I hate that stuff. But, I mean, we just heard comments from somebody from 24-7 Sports that was going on talking about how right. Deuce, you know, could have 3,000 all-purpose yards, which would be in, it's just crazy. I, I love the optimism there, but... I mean, the leader who in all-purpose yards last year was twenty-one hundred <laughs> from Central Michigan, um, and um, but I did agree with a comment that this person did have, which we're trying to get him on the show. His name's Carl Reed from twenty-four-seven Sports. I, I, I do love what he has to say about the Cats. He's very optimistic about K State um, and uh, picking the Cats to be the dark horse to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, so there's boy. gonna be well, there's gonna be a lot of questions about that, right? I mean, about w- what do you think about? You know, fifth in the Big Twelve, Felix Felix and DK Uzama won't be there, but the return of you know Khalid Duke, things like that. I mean, we're going to get a lot of preview type of questions towards Coach Kleiman. Those kind of things, I I know the direction he's going to go, but I'm still looking forward to hearing them as well. Yeah. When we come back, let's hear from new K State pitching coach Rudy Darrow next on the game. I see that uh, Sage has dipped into my beds today. Music beds. Let me just specify. You're already in trouble, yeah. God. It's the game on K-Man. Hour two, if you missed hour one. Very entertaining. Had my top ten list. We're talking, uh, we, we talked earlier today, Big 12 stadium issues and what Texas Tech is doing, what Iowa State has been doing. You can search for our podcast on SoundCloud. Just search for The Game, KMAN. Search for the same thing on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, wherever you get your podcast. Keep up with what's going on with the Cats. What's been going on with the Cats lately with K-State Baseball is Pete Hughes, the head coach of the Cats, has hired a new pitching coach for the Bat-Cats. His name is Rudy Darrow, and he now joins us here on the show. Coach Darrow, greatly appreciate your time in joining us. You got the call from Coach Hughes last week. How cool is that to get the call to become the new pitching coach for the Cats? Uh, fired up, man. I mean, there's, um, I believe in Coach Hughes, always have. Uh, me and him have had a good relationship, and when he gave me the call, I mean, me and my family couldn't be more excited to, to come up here and join his program. Have you made it to Manhattan yet? Yes, sir. I'm here. I came up last week um, in the midst of uh, trying to find a place to live right now. I'm I'm just gathering houses together so my wife can give me the approval. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did want to ask you about your relationship with Coach Hughes. Of course, you had a couple of years with him at Oklahoma in 15 and 16, but did your relationship start before that, or did it start there in uh, Norman? 
yeah, it, it, well, it, it kind of started before that because um, I was coaching at Nickel State, uh, moved back home, and I ended up coaching um, at Norman North High School. So I get on there, and, you know, my first day there, uh, I go introduce myself, and I'm introducing myself to the to the kids. And, and Coach Hughes had just got the job at OU, and two of the kids were, hey, Thomas, you know, Hal Hughes. And I said, oh, you must know. I didn't know Coach Hughes at the time, and I said, well, you must know who Mike Gambino is because he's the scout that drafted me. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know him really well. And and Mike Gambino coached for Coach Hughes at Virginia Tech. And then kind of from there just hit it off, and we've been been rolling ever since. What was it like coaching with them and getting to know him those couple of years at Oklahoma? Oh, man, it was great. Uh, I, I will tell you this, like the first couple times I met him, I didn't know whether to take him serious or not because he's a very, very funny human. Um and so it took just a minute uh, getting to know him. But, man, I tell you what, uh, just watching him um, interact with his players and his family, uh, you can tell um, he's the right kind of guy that you want to follow in life and, and, and on a baseball field. It is so funny that you mentioned you don't know how to take him sometimes. Day one when I met him, it was that way. <laughs> and I had to t- I didn't know how to react sometimes. Yep. He, just, just know that he's just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've learned that over the years. Now I've known him for a little over three years now. I, I've gotten to know him and knowing that, yeah, he's sarcastic uh, certainly oh, dude, most of the awesome. time. You, before you got into coaching, you had a run in the minor league level of baseball for about four years. Yes, sir. Did that experience teach you a few things about how to coach at the Division One level of college baseball? Oh, 100%. Um, I tell the guys this all the time. Uh, my failure is why I'm here. Uh, my failure as a player is why I'm a coach. And by the time I figured it out, you know, uh, mentally-wise, um, everybody in the minor leagues has the physical ability. It's the mental makeup that separates you. And, you know, I mentally I let it get to me, and by the time I figured it out, um, it didn't matter. You know, I, I was released that next year. And so that was a huge learning process, man. I, I know what you're not supposed to do. And so I, I think that my failure really is – Every single player I coach, let my failure be their success because I've been there. I've been to the top of the mountain. I've been all the way to the bottom, and I climbed myself out, so I know how to help them every step of the way. I'm curious to know why you call it a failure. I mean, not not everybody gets to make it to the minor league level. Is it because you didn't make it to the show, or, or what? why would you say? Well, I, I say failure because, I mean, baseball is such a failure sport. I mean, you know, and, and the guys, if you can't handle, you know, failure in a little bit of uh, – so basically, I'll, uh, an example is, you know, I, I kind of let my mind go astray of what I needed to focus on, which was really just myself and, and, and pitching. You know, I, I, I let it go to the point where, you know, I'm watching all these other guys play, and I'm like, I don't understand why is, why is the ball bouncing this way for him? Why is it not doing that for me? I work harder than this guy. You know, it, it didn't really make sense to me. But then later on, I kind of figured out that, you know what, this game's not fair. And none of that's in my control. So once I started focusing on stuff that was in my control, um, that was when I really started figuring it out. Um, I, I say failure just because, you know, I, I didn't make it as far as me personally thought I should make it. We're speaking with New K-State pitching coach Rudy Darrow here on The Game. When it comes to your time in the Division One level as a coach, you've certainly had some success when it comes to pitchers going on to the next level, being drafted in the MLB draft. Who are a couple of names that stand out to you that are a good sign of your positive resume that you've had so far in coaching? 
Oh, man, i uh, got a couple of them. Uh, Sean Simple, uh, first one uh, that comes to mind. Um, he's, he's still with the New York Yankees. Uh, Brian Warzak, another one uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, uh, another big one, too, that uh, you know I still stay in touch with him to this day. Um, his name is Reeves Martin. Um, he is an, an undersized pitcher, just like myself. Proved everybody wrong. And, and he's, uh, he is, um, man, he's such a great kid. He is actually... He's not playing anymore, but he's coaching uh, with the Seattle Mariners. That, that's, uh, that's what they think of him, how intelligent he is and what he brings to the table. When you're teaching these college pitchers to be better, has, has there been something that has stood out to you that seems to be harder to get across than anything else? Uh, I think a little bit now. You know, the, the game has changed so much that everything, you know, is kind of data-driven. Uh, they've got all these numbers and they've got all this high-tech data and stuff like that, and everybody wants to put these great numbers up. And, and they do, you know, especially everybody at K-State. That, that's great. You know, that's awesome because you have to have the physical ability. But, you know, like, you know, let's say we got a 3,000 spin rate on a slider. That's awesome, man. But if you can't throw it for a strike, it doesn't matter. You know, so it, it's very tough to, to teach these guys how to pitch, you know, in, out, up, down, change speeds, throw to your strength, and, and, and focusing on, you know, forcing contact and value and fly ball and, and ground ball outs. As a recruiter, switching to that side of the game when it comes to coaching, when you're looking at a high school pitcher, what exactly do you look for that says to you, okay, that is something I can work with, that's somebody who should be a pitcher at K-State? Yeah, I think first and foremost you look at the stuff. You, you know, is this stuff good enough to pitch at this level? So if you can determine that, yes. I think the next thing you do is you look at their makeup, you know, their mound presence on the mound. And, and a big, big thing that I look for is, you know, how does he act after he gives up a walk or a bad call or an error, you know, and gives up a hit and then gives up a home run? Does he get the next guy out? Does he still compete? Does he go after him still? Or, or does his body language tra- change and kind of let it, let it get the best of him? I think that, that's, that's a big factor you got to look at nowadays. We're speaking with new K-State pitching coach Rudy Darrow here on the game. So now that you're here, I know you're house hunting right now, but when it comes to your coaching duties, what's the first couple of things on your to-do list? Uh, first couple things on my to-do list is um, call all the guys. Um, I spoke to almost all of them. You know, get to know them. Let them get to know me. Uh, let them know that I'm here to help them and get them to, to where they want to go. Um, I think, you know, a lot about coaching outside of your parents, your coaches that you have are the most influential people in your life, and I want to let them know that that's what I'm here for, and hopefully I can have a long-lasting relationship way long after K-State. When you were at OU, we hadn't done the renovations to Toyton Family Stadium yet. What do you think about the new digs? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's the first thing I did was take video and send them to my wife. And, I mean, it's, it's I mean, best in the country, man. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, to wrap up here, I always do this with Coach Hughes. And that is, I always ask him like a random question about an interest of his or maybe about his family or growing up, just to get to know him a little bit better. Well, since the first time we're talking to you, is it okay if I go through with you a, a, a bunch of rapid-fire questions just to get to know you a little bit better? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, to get started, who's your favorite Major League Baseball team? Uh, Detroit Tigers. Uh, yeah, isn't that the team that drafted you? That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, musically, do you have a favorite band or artist? Uh, Gary Allen. When you were pitching, what was your go-to pitch? Fastball, 100%. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Do you have a vacation recommendation, somewhere you visited that you would go back any day? 
Oh, man. Um, anywhere in the mountains. And then finally, do you have a favorite baseball movie? Yes, I do. And it's a highly underrated movie. Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball. Yeah, Mr. Baseball. Man, I haven't seen that in a long time. I remember watching it as a kid. All right, Coach Rudy Darrow, thank you so much for coming on the show. Best of luck house hunting, and once again, congratulations on the new gig. Man, I appreciate it. Just want to say one thing, give a shout-out to my girls, Rooney, Danny, and Merrick back home. I love you. Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. I, it's been a long time. A great but pick. Do you two remember that one quite well? Big time. That was an awesome movie. And I always thought it was cool that they focused on – the like cultural differences like it wasn't it was a comedy and you know it was like ha 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 but they did focus in on the the cultural differences and how it would be a shocker to go over there you know and just have to learn how japanese people play the game and how it what it what it is and because there's so many unwritten rules in major league baseball in other cultures they got unwritten rules too and you sure. better learn them you know if you're gonna go over there you gotta learn them too so I loved it. I always thought it was a cool movie. I'm about to watch it again. I looked up the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 12%. Oh, really? It's not respected. No, it never was well-respected in terms of media likes or oh. reviewers. No, I mean, come on. Yeah. There are plenty of those, though, that people that are involved in sports. I mean, I will always remember watching any given Sunday <laughs> – with a group of football players. Yeah. And the amount of hooting and wanting to throw things at the screen yeah. and mocking because it was so far-fetched right. from what the sport is. Right. You know, if, if you get a baseball movie and baseball people like it, you know, the reviewers usually don't. Yeah. the Any given time, the guy ripping the guy's eye out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like crazy. <laughs> but then a great use of Bill Withers used me up. The, it's like a slow motion sequence. It's so awesome. Um, I remember too. That was the first time I ever saw those sticks that people slammed together. The thunder sticks. The thunder sticks during that movie. And I always thought too, like you go, to, you know, United States a baseball game. It's pretty. The crowd is a little reserved, pretty reserved. But in Japan, it looked like they were having fun. And I was like, man, I want to go to a game in Japan. It looks like they're having a great time. They got the horns. And the thunder sticks. I was like, what are those things? Of course, I was a little, little kid. But I thought the movie was rad, dude. I liked it. Well, speaking of rad, coming up next, our number one song of the day. Do you guys, I, I never do this. you guys want a teaser for it? Or do you just want to be completely surprised? Surprised. Uh, yeah, we'll wait on the surprise. Song next. It's not the way you 
there it is. I was wondering when I could jump in. 1992, save the best for last by Vanessa Williams. Get it. Five whole weeks at number one. That was kind of a short run for the 90s. Yeah. Singer, actress, fashion designer from the Bronx, New York. Inadvertent uh, penthouse centerfold. Yes, thank you for giving away my whole next paragraph. I had a whole paragraph ready to go on that. You gave it away in six words. Sorry. Yes, she was uh, former Miss America. As a matter of fact, she was the first black woman to win Miss America. Uh, Got the crown in 83. But the scandal, like Troy mentioned, where it was a few weeks prior to her reign coming to an end... Penthouse is like, hey, we got some uh, nude photos of you. We're going to publish those. And, of course, embarrassed, it became a big-time media controversy. So she resigned as Miss America in July of 84 under the pressure from the Miss America organization. She ended up being replaced by the runner-up, Miss New Jersey. It's like, why don't you stand behind her and say, hey, this is wrong, man. That's not cool. And you know what? Well, go ahead. It was like, let me try to do some math here. I mean, it was over 30 years later. Miss America came out and said, like, hey, uh, we kind of went the wrong way about it. Yeah, dude. They they were immensely uh, embarrassed by the situation at both ends of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, But given what the photos were, and they were meant to be part of a modeling thing. But there were overtones of lesbianism in it. and mm. Oh, and they were like, no. That, yeah. And, you know, you've got to remember the pageant is all, oh, wholesome. And, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I just really quickly, um, I know this is a very duh statement because you wouldn't miss America and everything, but uh, one of the most beautiful people I think I've ever seen in my life. She is so pretty. And to like take that and parlay all that into a successful singing career and a acting career. She was on Broadway. She's in some movies. Uh, She was also in a couple of popular TV shows, Ugly Betty and Desperate Housewives. Oh yeah. Dude, speaking of movies, like action movies that are kind of like people think they suck, but they're not. They're actually awesome. Eraser. She's an eraser with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just cheesy as hell, but she was awesome in that. She was awesome in Shaft with yeah. uh, Samuel Jackson. There's all kinds of stuff I forgot that she was in that she crushed in. She's such a great actress. Good for her. As a singer, eight studio albums, seven top 40 hits, her only number one, and it's from her second album, The Comfort Zone. So this elegant love song is a tale of... Of love that comes together in the end. The message of the song is that life is full of unexpected events that often lead to what's ultimately for the best. For Vanessa Williams, the song had the special meeting around the scandal of Miss America, the crown with the nude pictures that surfaced. Now, the song, when it was written, was not intended for her. It was passed on by many artists. When she got a hold of the demo, she listened to it, and she's like, you know what? This is the song I've been waiting for for my whole life. This is it. Yeah. I'm, I'm making this song happen. And she did. She got to number one with Crushed. it. Crushed. It does seem like some of those songs, they do get, they get, they get tossed around and people are like, no, 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 no. 
And it's like serendipity. Like it, this is a Vanessa Williams song for sure. I think this will get a, get a reaction out of you guys here in just a moment. So this ranked fourth on Billboard's top songs of '92. It was up for two Grammy Awards. Song and record of the year. I don't know what the difference is. I, I guess if they're talking about record is like the album of the year. Uh, yeah, I guess. Except that album is a completely separate thing, too. Okay, so like, yeah, what's the difference between song and record? But, so she was up for both of those awards. She lost both to the same song and artist. In 92. In 92. This is actually the 93 awards. And it's a terrible song, in my opinion. Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Really? I don't like that song at all. No. They had to, like, hook him up, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't nobody going to take that away from him. Well, know? yeah, the personal aspect of that song was yeah. going to just be a winner no matter what. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, 92, 93, kind of a sappy situation going on well, all year long. And that was also hot. the transition of the number one songs you would see on the list for Billboard Hot 100. It wasn't so much the pop, it was more R&B. Right, mm-hmm. right. And part of that in reaction as well to the fact that uh, grunge was starting to already begin to burn out. Right, and people are like, can we just kind of, uh, you know, take it easy a little bit here? Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> burn out, the biggest grunge album released, well I guess that was 92. Yeah. Never mind. 92. Then you go 94, 95, and we start to see the rise of hip-hop, Yahtzee. Um, and then, yeah, R&B starts to slide back a little bit. What are, where are songs like this anymore, man? Uh, they're not at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 anymore. No, definitely not. Can we just get those back? No, meanwhile, we have to try to slog through another batch of Drake songs. Yeah, apparently that last album didn't go well. Not so hot. Did you listen to it? I did listen to it. I, I'm, you know me, I'm not going to listen to it. I was not a fan. No, I don't, I'm not a dance person, and I felt like it was an album full of dance songs. Oh, was, really? Yeah, it was really not that cool to me. No Hotline Blings in the No, in, I love Hotline Bling. Don't get me wrong, I love that song. Uh, Hotline Bling? Yeah, I love that song. Oh, Sage, as our resident young person who's still cool, <laughs> what did you think of the new Drake album? And also, uh, do you like Vanessa Williams? I like Vanessa Williams. I don't really care for Drake. So oh. I've only heard a few of the songs. I didn't listen to it full on, so I was just like, nah. God's, I, is it, he has the song God's Plan. Yeah. I think it's a terrible song. Whoa! Not, not because of what it's about, just right. as a song in general. I think it's just... Terrible. I, I do not understand the appeal whatsoever. Aubrey taking a lot of heat in here today. I love Drake. I think he's cool. He's really cool. You just lost some cool points in my opinion. I know. I'm gonna a lot of people are gonna heat, light me up. But guess what? I think he's talented. Except this album stinks. I'd rather listen to a Vanessa Williams albums than, than this album. Five three seven thirteen fifty. Did DG become less cool <laughs> in the last couple of seconds? Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up the show with a little Ask Us Anything. 1350 KMAN. Hey, I just want to say, uh, first off, or for uh, Ask Us Anything, uh, what alley am I going to meet Ian to fight him in? <laughs> you want to see cool points, Ian? I got cool points for you, pal. I'll go and meet you in this alley and maybe buy you a beer. <laughs> 
Alley beer. Just take it out here on Butterfield right next to <laughs> Butterfield Encasement. Yeah, Ian, come meet me take on Butterfield. Not in the yard. Take it <laughs> yeah, no, off no, no, no. the property. Yeah, off the property. Plus, I don't want to get like newly g- g- cut grass on my shoes. Ugh, my wife would hate me for that. Hey, what singer should never have been famous? Drake. <laughs> Ding Dong gets too old for Degrassi. Needs something to do. Oh. The Canadians, like, they couldn't be honest with them. No. And they had to be nice yeah. and said, yeah, you're really talented. You should be in the rap game. The Americans will be suckers for it and give you all their monies. And he goes, deal? I'm going to make millions. Troy, is there somebody you were like, oh, they suck? I'm going to give you two names. Rob Pilatus. And Fabrice Morvan. Oh my God, Millie Vanilli, baby. <laughs> girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl, girl you, you know, know it's. it's. That anniversary that. is coming up, by the way, of them it getting is. caught. Hey, by the way, kind of something gets swept under the rug. That song is awesome. <laughs> that song rules. Honestly, yeah. It's great. For, for, for basically being studio tracks. Yeah, it's really good. So, Jay? The only one that comes to mind for me, since I listen to pop music every day at this yeah. point, Louis Capaldi. He was a uh, he's a British singer yeah. who got really popular for a couple of songs, and I have never understood why he's popular. Dang, coming for Louis Capaldi. Yeah. Honorable mention, Luke Bryan. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Bad voice. Bad voice. <laughs> um. Also, those uh, the Island Boys. I never liked them. Island Boys. I don't get. I. I I've seen them. Yeah. They look. Just stupid. Crazy. Crazy. Um, hey, guys, what famous saying do you think is a bunch of baba booey? I am cheaters never prosper. Oh, okay, yeah, they never prosper except in finance, politics, and sports, and basically any other situation where you make money. <laughs> cheaters are always prospering. It's the people that don't cheat that don't prosper. So Yeah, like I say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's right. Outwork, outwit, outsmart. Yeah, no, no, that's not good. I thought you were about to say, you go with the uh, with the the survivor, outwit, outlast, outplay. Yeah. That's right, Sage, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That was really... Troy's been on fire all day. I want to make that a point. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Oh. That's not yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Unfortunately, no. It's, no. Whoever gets help, it keeps going. Sashay, do you have one? I don't really have anything for this one, honestly. I've been racking my brain, but... Whoever smelt it, dealt it, I think is one that's uh, just overlooked. That's a great one. It's a really good one. That's not true. Uh, is there a food everybody else seems to love that you despise? I think we've talked about this before. We do, but it's a good topic. Yeah. Because it's food. Yeah. And I always bring up olives and tomatoes oh! and, and mushrooms. Those are my three. The controversy that I, the controversial one I have is Nutella. Oh yeah, I think Nutella is right. trash. Yeah, you don't. I like tried Nutella. it once. I was like, "What is yeah, this?" Not a, oh. not a fan. Uh, know someone though who buys by the tub. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> no. I'm not even sure. Like, what is? It? Is this supposed to be like a substitute for peanut butter or something? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Gross. Is it healthier? It's basically all, kind of supposed to be even a, a substitute for chocolate. Yeah, that's mm. what it is. A substitute for chocolate is supposed to be better for you than chocolate, but it's not. It's bad. For it you. just tastes awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch out Watch out if you're uh, shopping Aldi's. Don't pick up the, essentially, Nutella candy bars. By the way, it's just Aldi. Thinking they're yeah. chocolate. 
Everybody puts the S at the end yeah. of Aldi. Aldi's. I'm with. I'm with Troy. I Aldi's. say the same thing, but I try to be right. It's like the daylight savings time. I don't thing. want to be those people that it. just ignore the details. Yeah, yeah. Just play by my own rules. Yeah. Like hazelnut. All right, we got a balance for Sage DG. Troy's not be with us tomorrow, from what I understand. Oh. So it's be us three, right? All right. I'm Mitch. Out of here. Go Cats. Big Twelve Media Days tomorrow.